0: The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the real estate moguls podcast.
1: How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce and this is the real estate moguls podcast. Today I'm joined by real estate broker Alejandro Trivin. Alejandro, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's a pleasure being here. No, it is. Uh, it is an honor and a pleasure. I've gotten to know you a little bit, and you know, just a very great guy, humble, and can't imagine anybody not liking you. So it's a uh, it's a treat to have you here. Well, thank you.
0: Sometimes <laughs> you can say that to my wife; she doesn't like me very much. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but that's to be
1: expected. It could be expected. <laughs> you can't win every time, right? <laughs> exactly. But tell me about you know for you your journey into real estate. You're originally from Colombia, right? I'm originally from Colombia.
0: I moved into the United States uh, in 1995, actually. Yeah. Uh, I actually lived before in California where I lived with a U.S. family that hosted me for a year in uh, one of those exchange programs. Oh, no way. Yeah. Not a bad place to be in California. Not a bad place to be. (laughs) And I happen to be fortunate enough that I have my green card because my dad is a U.S. citizen. So I was living in Colombia, lived here for a year, came back. Started college in Colombia, and I decided that I really wanted to be in the U.S. So back in 1995, I moved to Miami, Florida, uh, where I uh, started college or continued college, if you will, and I started working for the Colombian consulate. No way! Yeah, that's a cool experience. Yeah, I worked five years for the consulate. I was basically uh, like the uh, con- I became like the consul general's um, chief of staff. Good for you. So it was a great experience because it exposed me to mandatories and 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 it was it was really great. And then in 2005, I had the opportunity to move to Chicago, working with the Colombian government, basically promoting uh, investments into the country.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's really amazing. So I mean, like, was it looking for investments? Meaning, you were looking for investors to invest in Colombian companies? So working with Colombian companies. Uh, sorry, working with U.S.
0: companies or US funds in the Chicago area and the Midwest uh, primarily that were looking to potentially open operations there or do acquisitions. So yeah, I worked many years doing that.
1: Wow, did uh, did that involve real estate on some level?
0: In, In many levels, yeah.
1: Wow, so is that was that your first introduction into, I guess, the the industry, the space with real estate. It, so
0: technically, my family has been in the real estate uh, industry many many years in <laughs> Colombia. So I always saw like my, my my stepdad doing the deals, and like he does mostly commercial and deals with a lot of uh, shopping centers and malls, and he sells, builds, manages. So I always very attracted to the concept, and obviously with him working on the weekends or like on doing my vacation breaks, I get to learn a little bit about the business, and I always was intrigued by it.
1: Now, I mean, obviously, each country has a set of rules. I mean, you go to different counties, states, I mean, it changes, right? But would you say that, for the most part, what you saw and what you learned, it really translates pretty much the same when it comes to the business side of things from Colombia to the United States?
0: And I would say about 60%. Yeah, there's yeah. certain things that are different, but but not, not as much. I think it's very recognizable. When you're dealing with people, it's people, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just le-
1: learning the little rules so you don't break them, and that's it. So when you decided that, you know, uh, now you're full-blown mm-hmm. uh, a real estate broker, and you started off in, in commercial, specifically, right? Correct. What was the, the catalyst to, to move into real estate, to be on your own versus working for the consulate or, you know, just big entities, right? Government entities.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the concepts is I always wanted to be on my own. And even though, like, you are working for a broker, uh, you're on your own, you're yeah. your own business. Yep. Uh, nobody's paying you for showing up to the office, nobody is giving you any materials to work with or any training. I mean, there are certain uh, brokerages that give you some training, but you pretty much have to learn on your own, and you manage your time, you make your own leads, you decide where you want to be. So you can be either a $10,000 a year a broker or, like many on the city that you see, people making six figures or seven figures.
1: And you thought, this is for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds really great. no leadership, no direction, no nothing. I'm on my own. I want that. Yeah, I I like the challenge. challenge. (laughs) Well, I know. I mean, I appreciate the entrepreneurship spirit. So, you know, very much about that here, as you can tell. What was it about that that appealed to you in terms of, you know, just was it the the hustle, the work, the relationships? What what was it that drew you the most to it that made you want to? start the career. Well, I think one of the
0: the first ones that I I think many people who want to get into the real estate business or go as an entrepreneur have the same concept and then they find later on that uh, they were wrong, which is the freedom. Yep, yep. <laughs> like I want to have the freedom. Well, guess what? You no don't freedom. have any freedom. <laughs> you thought you only had one boss, now you have yeah, 50 bosses. Exactly. <laughs> so That was uh, kind of like the concept. I want to be on my own. I want to be able to pretty much do what I want. Yeah. And yes, you got to work twice as much as that when you're working for someone, because if at the end of the day, it's 5 o'clock, and you're an employee, you check out, and then you go home, Yeah. and... With this, is you're constantly <laughs> like there. Sometimes I'm laying in bed and I'm getting a text message at ten, and you gotta respond it. Yep. Yeah, I try to set my limits with my clients, but sometimes they're stressed, and you try to put them uh, yourself in their shoes when you're going through a process of buying a house. Yeah. Uh, and it's a stressful time, so I try to be very compassionate and understand that they're just probably freaking out. And just respond at that time.
1: And one of the things that you talked about, and and I think it's just a genuine comment that you hear it often. But when I when, when you said it, I I genuinely believe you. You know, in, in every aspect, not just that thing, but everything. But how much that you light up when you see your clients purchase their first home, right? Mm-hmm. That that feeling, that satisfaction you get. You know, tell me a little bit about that. How you started off in commercial real estate, and we'll, you know, jump into why why that was your your first course of action. But when did you decide to make that transition into uh, residential, and what was the reason behind that?
0: Yeah, so I started commercial because it was the natural thing
1: for me because I, my there, family, yeah, right, my stepdad, right. that, and that's the figure that I had. And so, it, so I guess not to cut you off, but was mm-hmm. that the reason Is that, that is that how you saw real estate? It wasn't so much the residential side of it. Um, so that's why you chose commercial because to you real estate was commercial.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, I, yeah. I I understood that there was a, a residential no, of course portion of it, but I was attracted to the commercial yeah, yeah. Uh, portion of it.
1: Um, so sorry, back to what you were saying.
0: About yeah. That. So I started when I started. It happened that two years later was the actually three years later two three years later started that we had the big crash. Right. So uh, it became really hard. I actually, at that point, I was like, you know what? like, I'm, I, I got to stop doing this because there's nothing moving. So I, I stopped for a while. I got back into promoting Colombia, uh, working with investors that were looking into it, and I actually got to meet a lot of great people, uh, some of the big equity firms here, like the Sam Sells, uh, private, um, Equity International. Oh, wow. I got to meet them and help them in the process of doing some some deals in Colombia. Yep. And what happened next is that I got married, we started enjoying life, then we had kids. So <laughs> when you get to that point, and my wife, she's a, an executive as well, So she's very busy, and I was like, okay, one of us has to sacrifice so we can be home for them uh, or have that flexibility, even though I'm not going to be home. So I decided to get back into real estate, and the reason I chose residential is because I had experience commercial, and it's not that I didn't want to take into a challenge, but I figured that if I wanted to make this work, the, 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 the easier... Simple ways start with residential. I start building up into commercial again because you gotta set up some sort of, sort of income. You
1: yeah, know, yeah. And one of the, that's one of the things that I think I've heard you say, and just how not only are you passionate about the what you do for your clients and serving them in that way and seeing that smile on their face, but also just from a financial standpoint that you really are vested in seeing them succeed financially. Right. That's that's part of what this is for you, right?
0: Exactly. And and as you say, you were talking about. Um, First, some homebu- first home buyers, right? And and how gratifying seeing these people is because once you first get that first first interview with someone who's looking for a home, they have no idea what to expect. I mean, most of the cases, people don't really realize that they can afford a house. <laughs> right. <laughs> and but they yet yeah, they, they keep paying a, a landlord. Right. And, and usually they, about the same that they would pay for a mortgage anyway. Exactly. So you're basically sitting in a in a smaller level, let's say that uh, as a as a business consultant and helping them understand the process, helping them understand why is how it's viable and what is what does it need to what is it takes for them to be homeowners. Yep. And obviously, you need to partner up with great mortgage brokers that you work with that can also transfer that 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 same concept to them. And and that's the first step, showing them that financially it makes sense for them, not that they don't need to be scared, and that at the end of the day, if they keep renting, they're just gonna
1: keep paying somebody else's mortgage instead of theirs. And as I've come to find out, you love numbers. So that's like <laughs> yes. You're a numbers guy. Like, but, you know, and, but I also see that you have a compassion for the emotional side of things, too. Yes. Tell you know, tell me about that. When it comes to how you separate those two things, I think that's one of the things that there are very few people like you, where you're both, you know, em- 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 empathet- empathetic towards you know emotions and all that, but then also driven by those numbers and say, hey, look, take the emotions out of it, right? That mm-hmm. this is this is it. Tell me about how you navigate that with your clients and what you see as being different with others who might just be so only numbers or only emotionally driven. You know, tell me how you navigate with your clients that makes it different.
0: Okay, the first, the first thing that you gotta see is the the human part of the deal. And it's basically understanding what these people are feeling, because it, it's the unknown, right? You don't know what's gonna happen, you don't know if the deal will have fell through, or or if that house that you put an offer in, is gonna... everything's gonna break in a year from now. So I think that one of the first thing is starting to establish a great communication with your clients, and that's, for me, the most important part. I want to constantly be in touch with them so they know that I'm ha- having their back, and that if they have any question, they can come, ba- come back to me. And even if I don't know it, because guess what? Even with the experience that I have, I don't know all the answers sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I can find someone who does. Yeah. Um, so it's understanding their needs, understanding that it's scary times. You know, even though it's exciting, uh, there's so many unknowns that they don't know yet that they need to get to that point, and you gotta grab them by the hand and walk with them really slowly.
1: That's, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The patience is so important, right? The
0: patience, exactly. And and that's why the other component that, that I bring into, into the table is the people that I trust, my team. And that goes from the attorney that I work with, that, it, by the way, has represented me in purchases on my own homes, and I truly, truly uh, trust them blindly, and I know that all my clients that have worked with them uh, feel the same way after the experience. Because again, it's all about the communication. It's all about the the, the human part of understanding that you're gonna get frustrated at times, and you just don't. You you you're not gonna react to those reactions, you know, because sometimes. Things are gonna go
1: south. Yeah, you never know what the other side exactly. Thinking, right? You never
0: know what to expect. <laughs> uh, last year, for instance, uh, working with first-time home uh, home buyers was uh, particularly hard because the market was crazy. They will find a house that they love, in, they fell in love with, and then you're fighting against twenty other offers at least, right? Exactly. exactly. So the component of understanding a deal and what's gonna What's gonna press the buttons of the buy, of the seller? It's extremely extremely uh, important in this process, and that's what I tell my clients. Like, listen, I just want you to know that it may not happen. I, we're gonna do everything impossible, and I'm gonna consult every options that you have, whatever you guys have to do if you really want that house, and we'll make it happen. But there were times where simply we we didn't get it. Yeah. And, and most of the times we did, and 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 they were very grateful for it. But again, they found a house that they were in love with, and they lost it. So they're gonna be frustrated, and you're gonna be the person they're gonna express that uh, that that frustration to. Of course. And and the humane part is like, don't get defensive. Just put yourself
1: in their shoes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now. There's obviously a bunch of different, you know, styles. There's different personalities. Yeah. Every realtor is different. Every client is different. Every deal is different. What is it for you that you seem like a very genuine person? And you know, being in real estate could be transactional, right? Where mm-hmm. someone hey needs you this is what I need. And I'm transacting, and that's it. How how do you go about really establishing that relationship where trust is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Where all these things and you see the human side, but you know, people still need to connect with one another. what, what is it that or what approach do you take to really humanizing, but also not being so superficial that you know, it's just transactional, but a little more of a deeper connection with your clients.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it's, a, it's a tough one because most people have heard it like, it's Like, you go to a car dealership, you know exactly what to expect. Yep. And real estate is kind of the same. Yep. You're gonna find the average uh, real estate person who is just transactional. For me, it's not about one deal, it's about all the deals that are com- coming after that deal. Right. And again, it's understanding the needs of that person. And I think that when I sit with with a with a buyer or with a with a seller, they see that I'm genu- genuinely trying to understand what they need. I do ask a lot of questions because I, I told them like I don't need to sell what I do. I mean, you you can ask around and I'll give you all the references that you need. But to me, it's more important to understand what's that you need, what's that you want. Yeah. And and I think people are very appreciative. Just have someone who's listening. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not me telling you how great I am. <laughs> it's me trying to understand what you need. And if you if you need to find out about me, then I'll give you all the resources that you need. But I'm not gonna tell you about
1: myself for sure. No, and I, I think we talked about that before. It's just your humility is not it's not your style, right? Yeah. So it's not it's not your game, and I think that's to be respected and appreciated by a lot of people. Now, one of the things that's true for any you know, entrepreneur or business is that in the beginning, you're hungry, right? And you got to feed yourself. You got to pay the bills. So you'll take what comes your way. So, you know, a lot of times as you get a little more experience, the season, you start to be a little more selective, right? Yeah. How how do you deal with those types of clients or those situations where you're like, I don't want, I just, it's not worth it, right? It's not worth to to. To deal with these people, right? Uh, how, how do you? Like, what, what? Tell me about that for you, right? Do you still do it? Do you find a way to get out of it? You know, do you have a, a difficult conversation? What is it for you that that now, as you've evolved, as you're more experienced, that and in some of those boundaries, right? But mm-hmm. but that almost not working with someone. How do you handle those situations? With people you don't want to work with.
0: Well, I I guess at at, at some point you start recognizing. the type of of client that is gonna make your life really difficult. (laughs) And that can potentially become in a bad review or, you know, so it is more (laughs) about the money that you're gonna get from the transaction, and it's more about the impact that it's gonna have in yourself and your business. Right. So you start recognizing the situations. One, uh, One of the biggest red flags for me is you're hiring me to be your representative, your advisor, and you hire me because you're trusting my judgment and my experience, right? But if you're not taking any of my advice, especially <laughs> when it comes down to pricing, when it comes down to what you need to do to the house, then you're starting the wrong foot, and most of the times, the way that I manage it is listen, like I am very busy as I is right now when I'm focused on a client, I like to give one hundred percent my attention. At this time, unfortunately, I can't, but I'm gonna put you in contact with someone in my team that can help you with the process. And uh, usually, I will give the opportunity to someone who wants it. I will explain what are some of the uh, the red flags in, in, in there so they know that I'm not just throwing them
1: <laughs> Wait a second, why you give me this? Yeah. <laughs> now I know why.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's probably the best way to handle a situation where you're not... Uh, basically feeling, making the other person feel bad.
1: For sure. No, yeah. that, that's great advice and definitely something to consider for those that are out there listening that are having to deal with that, right? Or at that point where they no longer want to deal with those types of clients. And you know, on that note, what advice would you give younger uh, agents that are now getting into the business? I've heard a lot of, and we've even featured a lot of these uh, newer agents that within the last two years or during COVID, you know, decided mm-hmm. to get their license. What advice would you give them that you've seen from the way that it used to be, Right. To where it is now, in terms of whether it be building relationships or just transacting on real estate. I know we had a huge boom, you know, in the beginning mm-hmm. of, of, of the pandemic, but then it seems like it's kind of tapered off a little bit. What advice would you give uh, for those that's starting out now?
0: Biggest advice I can give anyone is build the relationships. It's all about relationships because if you're calling, call calling people or sending in pamphlets, I mean, those. Like, doing some marketing is important to get your face out so people can start recognizing it. But at the end, it's the people you know. And you gotta have a, a circle of people that you constantly go to, have conversations with them. And one of the things that I do is constantly calling people. People that I know, I, know I, right? I, Not cold calling, right? Yeah, cold calling is, I mean...
1: <laughs> I had it had its place, think, yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: at some point, it was the only <laughs> way. But nowadays,
1: nobody wanna answer a a phone, and they don't even give you a chance. Now, we've Uh, learned to tune it out culturally, whether it be commercials or people selling you or people just talking to you in a salesy way. Like, we don't wanna hear it anymore. Yeah, when you're at the store and the salesperson approaches you and asks
0: you, can I help you with something, what's the first thing you say? Oh, I'm just looking. So same when you're making calls. But when you're having conversations with people, I mean, it's as simple as, you know what? Instead of sending a happy birthday message on Facebook, which is nice, but it's the most impersonal way to congratulate someone, give them a call. They will appreciate it. They're going to be surprised. Like, hey, Joe, you know, like, congratulations. It's your birthday. Like, how is everything going? And guess what? That person is going to ask you, how is it going? And how is your business going? But they know you're in real estate. And then you start the conversation. and, And most of the times... Is gonna go nowhere, but it could go somewhere in a couple weeks down the road when they hear someone is looking for a house, or even they already know someone and will tell, and they will tell you, "Hey, you know what? Funny you call me because I, I have these friends that are gonna start looking for a house, and like I'm
1: gonna give you their number, and then there you are." That's amazing. Yeah, I mean it's so true. And and one, you probably make a friend out of it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you can You can never lose what is it for you that has changed specifically because of the pandemic i know some things n- don't change and they will never change but for you how how have you continued to grow the network beyond just reaching out to people that you already know
0: yeah i think one of the hardest parts uh, for me to grow the business at one point was during the, during the beginning of the pandemic is that there was no networking involved at all yeah uh, I tried to do a couple of Zoom uh, <laughs> happy hours, like many people. But that was fun in the first three months of the pandemic. <laughs> but then it got old; nobody wanted to be on Zoom anymore. Uh, so I think that was a challenge. Uh, but it also opened the door to look for different ways to 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 connect with people. Yeah. And 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 I started just like 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 I say, it's just start making calls to make sure how people are doing. Do you need anything? Uh, I love cooking. Uh, since I was very little, I, I actually owned um, a paella making
1: catering company. No way. Uh, so paella making, yeah, catering, yeah, that's amazing. Why don't yeah. we have that now? <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we need we, that. We
0: can always do round two just for paella. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But so, so yeah, I like for example, I donated a, a paella party for my kid's school. Uh, they do a gala every year. And, and I donated it as a part of, like, you know, raising money for the school. Yeah, But also, it's a great opportunity to meet new people. For sure. And if the funny part is that I was just setting up a, a, a paella party for 18 people, and then all of a sudden, word got out that it was gonna be my paella, and it, it went for $4,000. <laughs>
1: Are you kidding me? That, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, I mean, that was I think you need to bring this paella catering company back. Someone's paying $4,000. <laughs> I mean, that's not paella, that's art. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it again this year, actually, a month ago.
0: And, and the, I was donating another paella. It got to $4,500. And it was a beating between two two families. And then the principal, like, pretty much put me on the spot. Like, would you do two paellas? And I said, sure, why not? So... <laughs> So you sold two pies for yes forty five hundred dollars.
1: Hey, kudos, but like <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we're having a real estate conversation. We need to be on devour. You know, talking about food. That's amazing. but good for you. So like is this something that you think you'll continue then in terms of your networking? Is networking by cooking? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And and and, and I, I feel like again the most important part of my experience is building those relationships and hundred percent. Uh it's not selling real estate, it's selling yourself. Yep. Building that trust. And the way I do it is like I'll take people to golf. I say, let's let's go do a foursome, just bring two friends and I'm meeting two people. And I join these leagues in, 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 in the suburbs where I can play every Friday nine holes and <laughs> they pair you up with new people, oh, that's awesome, so the more people you know, the more chances you have. I love it. It's better than spending thousands and thousands of dollars in buying leads from Zillow and all these other services that they go nowhere, and then once you spend that money, it's gone. it's gone it never never to be seen again exactly and and in this case, you're having fun, you're meeting new people, you're having great conversations and stack the tax deductible so <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, that's amazing. So what's the future for you? What's the future for you, your brand, your business, all of it? Yeah, so for the past uh, five years now, I've been doing commercial. I mean, residential. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm starting, again, to bring a little bit of more commercial. Uh, I have a couple deals going on. and I think eventually my goal is to completely do something different about the way I approach the, the, the business. Instead of helping buying uh, new homes for people, I will continue to do that because I, I, I enjoy it so much. But the goal is to help people understand where they can put that extra money so it can become productive for you. So through real estate investments, you can definitely get buy more assets that are gonna start bringing you income uh, in a monthly basis. And there's a lot of people who still don't go in that uh, looking for that concept. They look for the traditional uh, financial advisor. Um, I want to do the same, but just focus on real estate. That's awesome.
1: No, and you know, I, I heard this recently. I Wish I heard it sooner. But about trading your time for money. Yeah. Right? And when you do that, you're never going to get rich. You know, that, exactly. The only way to do that is exactly that: invest your money in things that that have a higher return. And there's nothing better than real estate. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful that you shared this and. If you're out there listening, I would encourage you to reach out to Alejandro. If you have that investment bug or you want to talk to him about real estate, he'd be happy to. He's a great guy. Once you do, he'll get that in his inbox directly and you guys can connect. But Alejandro, thank you for coming in and sharing your story and wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a treat. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.